This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 24th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Anonymous speech can have enormous value, but many in government want to ban speech platforms from not collecting your personal information. Jeff Kosseff is author of The United States of Anonymous, How the First Amendment Shaped Online Speech. We spoke last week about online speech and the risks created when governments compel firms to compel you to identify yourself. America has a long history of anonymous speech. Um, and important anonymous speech, extremely valuable anonymous speech, uh, speech that is taught in college classrooms that was at the time anonymous. Why do you think we're in a situation right now where so many people, at least in Congress, want to take away anonymity for people on the internet? Well, I I think there are a few reasons. Uh, First, is just that there is a misunderstanding of what it means to be anonymous. Uh, it anonymity is often associated with nefarious activity, and while while that is true, there is some nefarious activity that happens anonymously. There also is some nefarious activity that happens when people use their real names and faces. So, um, I, I think there's maybe a bit of confusion on that end. And then the other issue is this very strong concern about uh, children on the internet and being harmed, which it is very valid. Uh, And there's an idea now that the solution is to prohibit children or prohibit children under 16 or 18 from using social media. And that to accomplish that, you need to identify every user so you can ensure what age that they are. All right. So it's just, won't somebody think of the children? Yeah. I mean, I, and, and that that's really throughout the history of the internet that has led to some pretty dangerous policies. So what's the upside of anonymity on the internet? Why, why is it valuable? Well, it gives people the power to speak when they otherwise would not be able to. And I think the best current example of that would be Glassdoor. Uh, and Glassdoor is a place where most people don't include any indications of their of their identity. This is where employee employees go to let the world know what are the working conditions at this company. And they have very good reason to not associate their name because they'll lose their job. They could get sued. Um, and th- so so they have a voice when they otherwise would not be able to. Um, you have members of all sorts of marginalized groups that speak about issues like discrimination, um, l- like domestic violence, that they, they have very good reason not to. And uh, what's really unique about the American free speech system is that we provide very strong protections to allow people to do that without the government forcing them to reveal their identity. And not just overt speech. We have a fairly long history in the United States of protecting uh, donations that are effectively anonymous to support ideas that people want to support. And there's a strong effort in Congress to get rid of that as well. There is. And when it it comes to issues like campaign finance, 
the right to be anonymous is not absolute, according to the Supreme Court. There have been a number of uh, campaign finance laws that require certain types of disclosures that the court has said that the benefits of that disclosure far outweigh the harms, but they apply a very high level of scrutiny to that for, for good reason. What is the correct policy as you see it? Well, I, I think that having the government mandate that people provide their identification cards is very dangerous. Um, and so, so I think that's not correct. I, I think that, and, and I frankly think that if the courts were to apply the existing First Amendment precedent without changing it, that these sorts of proposals will end up getting struck down, both because it chills a lot of speech and because it requires the effective unmasking of every user on social media. So I, I think that um, there are ways, I, I, I frankly think that the best solution to the very real issue of harms to children online is better privacy law. Uh, in the United States, our privacy laws are pretty bad. Uh, I mean, if I wanted to go right now and get geolocation points for millions of people, I could go to a data broker and buy that. And we don't restrict that at all. Um, we, we need to be doing that sort of thing. Um, uh, there's so much information that's available about people online. And we, I, I mean, I understand that there's different lobbying interests and so forth. That's beyond my pay grade, but, uh, those are the sorts of things that I think we need to address rather than saying everyone who goes on social media needs to provide an ID card. Uh, I mean, that would fundamentally change the experience on the internet and not for the better. There are some uh, websites for whom, or platforms, I should say, for whom anonymity is the feature you mentioned is a key feature. You mentioned Glassdoor, but I think Reddit is probably uh, an example of that. I, I only learned a couple of years ago that it was expected that you would effectively be anonymous on uh, Reddit, and uh, I, as you mentioned, it's uh, it frees people to be honest. And uh, as I quote over and over again, Greg Lukianoff likes to say, you know, how am I better off for not knowing what you really think? Yeah. I, and it's also a choice of the platforms. So there, so platforms come up with their own policies about anonymity. So you have Reddit, Glassdoor, uh, you have Twitter, which... Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what their stance will be in future litigation, but I mean, through recent times, Twitter actually proactively went to court to advocate for its users' anonymity. Uh, but then you have a site like Facebook, which since its birth has always had a real name policy. Um, I personally disagree with that. I think that, uh, and I, I think that there have been a number of cases of people who have been placed in harmful situations because of that policy. But that's Facebook's decision to make. Uh, if Facebook wants to require real names, if they want to require people whose accounts are flagged to show their ID, Facebook can do that. And then people can go to a site like Reddit or Twitter that does not do that. Uh, the danger comes when you have a state legislature or Congress passing a law that says to use social media, you must provide an identification. Uh, and beyond that, depending on what 
type of identification is required, that actually shuts out a, a lot of people who don't have uh, identification cards. So, I mean, there are some bills floating out there that specifically require a driver's, driver's license. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't have that. And to say now you can't speak on the internet without getting a driver's license, I, I think is terribly dangerous. And, and what do you, if the reasoning, the, the least the on the face reasoning is, well, we got to protect kids. I always think, well, what is the actual reason? What is the underlying reason? And uh, all I can come up with is the government wants to know who you are when you say things on the Internet. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think the response to that, at least with some of these laws, is that they say that there's a requirement in the statute that, or in the bill that says you can only use this information to screen for age and you can't hold on to it forever. I find that pretty weak because if you look at any cybersecurity news on any day, there's another data breach. So even if, even if the companies are held to that and don't don't misuse this data, it's still there and it's available to hackers. It's available to the government with probably very little legal process. Um, so, so I, I don't really, uh, I don't really buy that all that much. I do think that this is just um, basically forcing the private sector to amass more data when frankly, I think we should be looking at laws that force them to amass less data about us. Jeff Kosseff is author of The United States of Anonymous, How the First Amendment Shaped Online Speech. We spoke last week. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.